0: You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Meara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're helping you sort out your to-be-read list, talking to author and disability advocate Elsa Shinison-Henry. But first, what are you reading, Bria?
1: Oh, okay. I am reading... And slash listening to, I actually just completed this. But the regional office is under attack by Manuel Gonzalez. Are you doing the WhisperSync audiobook thing? No, I'm not. I don't ever do audiobooks because I do listen to a lot of podcasts, and I kind of find that it eats into my podcast time. <laughs> but I happened to be looking at the library. I'm looking on Libby, actually, using the library app Libby, and I saw that regional office is under attack also was an ebook that was available like at that moment, and I had a drive across the city and I was like, oh, I could put a dent like an hour dent into reading this book. Oh. And so I did. When here's a question for you and for listeners, when you talk about audiobooks, do we name the people who read it too? Do we give them credit? Yeah. so just so you know, this one's narrated by Mike Chamberlain, Sarah Scott, Susan Hanfield, and Natasha Sodak. Oh, is it for multiple POVs? Yeah, it is for multiple POVs, so I guess that's kind of why they ended up. Is it it good? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good, and it's also... a very Bria book. It's a very Bria book. Sorry, what it's about is an organization that that trains these female assassins, and it's downfall from the point of view of a person who's attacking and a person on the inside, and then also there's other stuff, that that like uh, publications and things written about it that you go through. It's great. It's a really good book. It's really entertaining if you like sci-fi and... If you like the female assassin genre, I think it's I was going to say it's sci-fi and female assassin, which is very Bria. Yeah. <laughs> what are you reading, Mallory?
0: I'm actually also doing an audiobook through the Libby app. Um, wow. From the our, from the library, I'm doing the Witches by Stacy Schiff, and it's just basic. It's a, a nonfiction book about the Salem witch trials. Oh. Which I can never get enough about. I actually grew up in that area of Massachusetts, and so I just like have been learning about it since I was a kid. But it is. This is a really, really good version of it. The Salem Witch Trials are obviously something that people have a lot of different opinions on, and there's a lot of false information about, but it's really good so far. And does she read it, or does someone else read it? It is read by Elizabeth Foss, and it's
1: good so far. I really like it. Fantastic.
0: So we want to share some listener feedback. We had a fan, Melissa, wrote in after our Traveling Readers episode that when she's traveling nearby or just for a short time, she brings physical books from the library. But for long trips, she brings ebooks so she doesn't lose the books or get them wet. This is a very good tip because you got to take care of your library books. And library books are probably not the best books to bring along when you're traveling because you never know
1: what could happen. Um, we also heard from amanda i uh, related to our beach reads episode she said my family went on a beach vacation a few years ago so naturally i brought a few books along she'd read most of her first book the ocean at the end of the lane on great the book. plane it's a great book so on our first day at the beach i brought a second book and the book i was most excited to read with me my mom had forgotten her book that day so she borrowed her extra bu- book which was ready player one <laughs> My mom technically does not read sci-fi, so she, I thought she'd start it, get bored, and put the book down the next day, but much to my surprise, she fell in love with it, and much to my chagrin, she kept it for the rest of our vacation. She was so excited to talk about it that I had to ask her to stop telling me spoilers. Now, Ready Player One is something that we can bond over, especially once I got to read it myself, and I'm already planning to see the movie when it comes out. I love this Beach read story. Aww. Your mom read a sci-fi book on the beach. Beach Reads can be anything.
0: That's so great. I love it. And Ryan wrote in that him and his wife have been in a book club for five years now called Coob. Oh, this is-, is about
1: our our co-reading episode. The question yes. about co-reading in episode nine.
0: Yes. And they're the only couple in the group, so they have to share books. So, sometimes they'll read the book out loud to each other. It's not ideal, especially, but when they're on a car ride, it, they can function as each other's, each other's audiobooks. It also lets them back up and repeat something they didn't quite get the first time, which is tricky with a normal audiobook. They do funny accents for some of the characters. That sometimes. is really
1: funny and adorably uh, inside couple humor. Very cute. <laughs> and it lets their daughter see
0: them actively reading with something that doesn't have a screen. However, she's a serious book critic, and if she's not a fan of what we're reading, she'll shove a bored book at us to get us to read something else. She has opinions. Also, Ryan sent us some great ideas for future episodes, and so if you have ideas or feedback, you can
1: send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and we'd love your feedback. We get a lot of it, and we try to respond to all of it. And we're going to try to—if you if we haven't talked about it on the show, we will try to bring it up on the show. It just yes. may take us a little while because there's quite a bit of it now. As always, we want to thank
0: Danielle, who runs our Facebook group, and Christy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Before we talk about
1: TBR lists, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is supported in part by LexHex, a free retro game show style word game available now for iPhone and iPad. Play
0: up against three other people online and real time. Quickly jam out a bunch of small words for quick points or go after longer high value words for maximum score. It's fun, it's free, and you can get it right now off the App Store on your iOS device. Find out more about it at LexHex.com. That's L-E-X-H-E-X dot com.
2: The three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a horde of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventurers? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons & Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I, <laughs> I, I, I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective <laughs> against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroids. We host the Adventure Zone's podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them, and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on maximumfun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This week, we're talking about 2B Redless, the dreaded TBR mountain. How do you manage it? How do you keep it from becoming 15 miles high? And should you even have one at all? So, a TBR to-be-read list is a stack of titles of books that you want to read. Some people keep a list on their phone. Some people keep a pile of the actual books by their bed. Some people keep a group of ebooks on their e-readers. And sometimes it can get really overwhelming. You keep seeing books that you want to read and adding to the list or adding to the pile. And soon you realize that you've got to quit your job if you want to get all this reading done. People feel a lot of guilt around this, a lot of despair, a lot of frustration. It's bad news bears, guys.
1: Okay. Here's a quick bit about lists, which is basically what a TBR is, right? It's a list of books that you're going to read in the future. So philosopher and novelist Umberto Eco... Said that lists are are a way for us to make sense of the world around us. We use them to express things that we can't express otherwise. Basically, it helps you to organize your brain. So even if you have a very, very long TBR list, it gives your brain a way to make sense of the world and what you want to do in the future. So I say you should embrace it. Heck
0: yes. So, Bria, you are a heavy library user. You're an e-reader. How do you manage the books that you want to read? Okay,
1: okay. weird thing about me is that I de- I never used this word TBR before we started this podcast. <laughs> okay, it's
0: really funny because last <laughs> night while I was going over this outline, I read that out loud to my boyfriend and he was like, Yeah, Mallory, I've never heard of I had never heard of the term TBR until I met you.
1: Yeah, but if you Google it, there are so many obviously people it is a it is not just a Mallory term, it's a term, <laughs> it's a term that people use. And I remember using it to me and I was like, Oh, that's a good idea, name for it. I keep a running set of notes on my phone entitled books. It is not titled TBR. It's just books, which is very, very long. Anytime anybody tells me about a book they're reading or a book they like or have you read this book, I'll add it to my books list. The books list is really... Non discretionary. It's I add anything on there that I want, but then when it comes to what I actually read, I pare it down and I'll start deleting things from the list if I go look it up and I'm like, never going to read that. Like you know, yeah. especially if someone recommended a book to me and I write it down because you want to be polite and write down the book that someone oh God, recommends that's to you. Oh, the worst when someone's watching you do it and you're like, okay, uh, yeah. yeah. The books list is great. You can add any book you want, and then once you actually get to the point of checking it out from the library or buying it from wherever you buy your books from, you can go. Oh, I actually don't really even care about this book, and you can easily. delete from your books list which always makes me feel very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, lately I've also been using the wish list section at on Overdrive through my library which is a place where you can go so you know my holds list is always full I always have yeah. 15 holds and I can't add any more to my holds list and so I've been using, I look the books up and then I add them to my wish list so I know if I really do want to read them they're up there and I can just go straight to my wish list when it's time to add another book to my holds oh,
0: list. Oh that's a good idea.
1: Okay so here's what happens to me week to week when it's time to read a book, new book.
0: I look and I see – this is a really horrible way to decide this. I actually, I
1: love this whole process. I'm very interested in this process. (laughs) I first look and see what books are about to expire from the library. Guys, I'm going to confess this right now. (laughs) I'm a digital book hoarder. And I will check out – Hot confessions on reading glasses. Almost the maximum number of books at a time. I at least have ten closer to 20 usually checked out on my library so i'm sorry if, if, if you're like why is bria, this book never like available digital
0: lens like there's a million digital books like in an aura around your body right now. i know and
1: if basically if you're trying to get from the, a book from the los angeles public library there's a really good chance like i have it uh, it's just sitting on my shelf and not reading it <laughs> so just blame me immediately just like bria grant probably has this bria book. grant probably waiting, has this book i've been waiting to read the underground railroad and she's not ready yet um <laughs> Here's my strategy. What books are about to expire? And then I have a little moment usually where I get kind of sad thinking about which books are going to expire and how I haven't read them yet. And I am kind of probably decide not to read them. And that's like just a moment of mourning for me that I have every week when I decide what to read next. <laughs> but that's not a bad – I mean that's a good indication of that you really want to read it if you are sad to see it go. It's true. But I also have a pretty strict – policy which I've if I've checked them out more than once and I have not read them like they've been on my holds list and then they went to my loans and then they went back to my holds and then went back to my loans that's like, a Man. spot that's a spot that could be going to a book I'd rather have if I've done it already before then I have to I have to cut it I'm going to take it off my motto is life is too short for books that I only kind of want to read so I cut them out of my life and Hell I think yeah. people need to be a little bit more a little bit more harsh when it comes to their TBR lists. I think you got it. You got it. I agree. You, I just think that a lot of times people are like, "But I have all these books to read." But I'm like, "Do you really want to read all of those?" Because like, there's yeah. so many good books in the world, and I have like such a soft spot for all books, and I want to read all of the books, and I want to be the person who also goes and reads the book that I just really aspired to read but wasn't ever actually going to read. I'm just not going to read it. Yeah. And so I've, I've just gotten to where I cut it out. The other thing that I really that does affect me a lot is that I see how long I've been waiting for it from the library. Oh. So if I've been waiting six weeks to get this book, I go ahead and give it a priority because who knows when I'm going to get this book again. That's, that's a b- good idea. That's very scary to me that I'm like, I already waited six weeks or longer. Sometimes you wait up to like three months for a book and if I've that I've been waiting, waiting long, for
0: Eddie Izzard's autobiography on audiobook for like a
1: month and a half. Yeah, so then those get an automatic like move to the front. Yeah. Because, you know, you've been waiting on them a long time. Oh. oh, I have one other system. One other yeah. part of my, my elaborate system. I know your system's gonna be more elaborate. So I, I was gonna I say I also so have bad. an elaborate system, so don't be no uh, no shame here. Uh the other part is that um if my fiance is out of town, I do read a physical book, which I don't read very often because As you know, I wake up in the middle of the night and read all the time, and I can't do that with a physical book. Yeah. I can't turn the light on. That's what I'm getting you for your birthday
0: is a book light. Oh,
1: yeah. That would solve this problem. But it would also ruin this system, which is like I never look at my physical books until he's leaving town, and then I'm like, I will read this so that way I can wake up in the middle of the night, turn my light on, and not bother somebody sleeping next to me. (laughs) Except for the cat. Which is the guy, but he doesn't mind. What do you do, Mallory? Um, you're a physical book collector. Do you just sleep on a pile of, uh, on your TBR pile every I'm like night? I and I'm then like pick s- one from the bottom. I'm, I'm like a book crash. dragon.
0: Um, it's like, you know, that scene from The Hobbit with smog? Uh, I'm like that with books. Well, <laughs> so. The first thing that I've accepted is that I'm going to die with a TBR list. We're Fair. all going to die with a TBR list. There's no – and I read like a lot. I read 100 to 200 books a year. And even with all of that, I'm. there's no way that I'm going to read not even all the books in the world, but all the books that I want to read. So that – I've just accepted that.
1: That keeps you up at night though, doesn't it?
0: You know, it used to, and I just realized that, like, some not all books are going to be good for me. And just that makes me want to read only the books that I want to read. That's great. I
1: suggest everybody does the same. Life is too short. You kind of have to, like, go through this, like, this acceptance where you're you have to... Yeah figure out you're not going to read all the books you want to read and then accept that fact it'll make you more discerning although
0: i did when i came over this morning i did tell you about a book that i hate read last night which (laughs) i will not disclose what book it was but i could not believe how bad it was but normally i just like only read the books that i really really want to read that being said i don't actually keep a tbr list Mm. i keep a a list of books that i want to buy Uh, because i don't like feeling scheduled i i get really like i i get really I have very high anxiety and I get really anxious if I see like my books scheduled out for me so what I do is I kind of like live in my TBR list as you know, I have a lot of books in my apartment and
1: about four... She, she literally lives in her TV list. I'm not you joking. You get her a house and her, her, her bed is just a book. It's just, I, oh, be nice and I just
0: like close the cover. That'd be really sweet. She just puts a page across her face on <laughs> her to get a sleep. I would love that. Okay. Um, so, but, but the thing is people see all these books, about 40% of them I haven't actually read. I kind of treat it like At a... your apartment? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I kind of treat it like a full fridge. You know, this is why I buy books all the time, why I get books all the time. I keep a list of books I want to Buy, and then when I get them, I just put them in the like I just shelve them. Like, I don't keep them separated. Like, oh, these are the books I have read, these are the books I haven't read. I just shelve them with all of them. So I'm always stocked with stuff to read because when I finish a book, I'll just sit down and go, <gasps> and my boyfriend laughs because it's like my favorite moment. I'm like, what am I going to read next? And then I run over to my book wall and I like decide exactly what I want to read in that moment because I never know what I'm going to want to read. I might want to read sci-fi. I might want to read horror. I might like, I just never know. That's why I don't like having a list of like, I need to read this, this and that. So I am never know what I'm going to be in the mood for. So instead of having a stack of things I want to read or a list, I just keep a general goal of like, I try to read, I, I try to switch off genres. I try to read a lot of women and I, and I try to read really diversely. I try to read at least one translated book every month and at least one nonfiction. So I just kind of like stare at my book wall and go,, mm, all right, I want to read a nonfiction book. Here's the nonfiction section. This looks good. And so I'll slowly chip away at my TBR list that way instead of basically it's basically based off what I'm feeling in the moment instead of, you know, I'm reading off of a list or a schedule. I don't feel that way I don't feel overwhelmed or behind.
1: It just, but you do read something – you do switch off types of books, though, so, which is a yes. system.
0: Yes. Oh, it's a, it's a very it, – it definitely have a system. And I – as you've seen, I have a book tracking journal. Oh, yeah. I know you do. So I keep a list of all the books I've read every month and I'll look through it and I'm like, mm, I read a lot of literary fiction this month. Maybe I should, you know, pick up a fantasy book. Oh, yeah. And so I'll try to – That that's the way that I chip away at all the books that I want to read is just, like, try to read one of each genre every month. I, re- I, I read between – 10 and 20 books a month and like i can get through a lot of all of a lot of them but i also have a lot of books right right
1: you do have a lot of books in your house you so have a very large large amount of books
0: <laughs> i think tbr lists are great and i think it's a, it's a nice organized way of keeping in touch with all the you know all the books that are out there all the books that you want to read because there's so many out there sometimes you'll hear a title and if you don't write it down you'll forget it and like six months later you'll be like oh i wanted to read that But at the same time, stay away
1: from scheduling yourself or or adhering too closely to the list because it's not a race. This is like our number one question that people keep emailing us about. People keep emailing us about, they're like, what do you do with all the books you want to read in the world? There's so many books in the world, which is really true. Guys, just accept that you're mortal.
0: You're going to (laughs) die. And because of that, just read what you want. And it's okay. You're never going to read all the books. I'm uh, right now. I am absolving you of Hill You are Ooh. going to die, uh, priest, and you will never read all the books. Princess Mallory book. is absolving you of book Mallory of book is absolving Ill. you. You are never going to read all the books. All you're going to read, you just have to accept that right now. And it's okay. Wow. You just have to accept it. So read what you want. Po- only put books on your TBR list that you really want to read. Don't feel obligated because it's a classic. Because somebody told you they want you to read it. Just your TBR list is for you guys. So
1: just. Deep breath. Read what you want. Okay, a couple other small tips for ways to not let your TBR list take over your life. If you have stacks of books by your bed, it's going to feel awful. Don't put stacks of books by your bed, except for decor. Yeah, a nice little decor. Just reshelf them and maybe pick them up later. If you're if a book has been staring at you and giving you the stink eye, you don't have to read it. Yeah, put it maybe away. that means you don't. You need to read it. You are the boss in this situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. And something that
0: everyone has to remember is that everybody has a giant TBR list. If you're a reader, there's a million bazillion books in the world that you want to read. You don't have to feel guilty for having a giant TBR list. I read a, I read like it's my job, and I still have a giant TBR list. It should be something
1: that you look forward to, not a schedule with restrictions or time limits, guys. Yeah, absolutely. We want to hear ways in which you solve your TBR pile problems, so send them to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Before we interview Elsa shinnison Henry, we're going to take a quick break.
2: Hey, Max Fun fans, it's me, Jesse, the owner of Maximum Fun. I've got a question for you. Will you help us make our shows better? We wanted to find a way to find out what the Max Fun community thinks about our shows, so we started something called the Max Fun Listener Panel. Basically, you subscribe to a podcast feed and twice a month or so, roughly speaking, we'll send you an episode of a show and instructions on how to fill out a quick survey about what you think about that show. Ten questions, nothing too crazy. You'll be hearing existing shows that we're thinking about making changes to. Secret pilots of shows that we're developing that you'll only hear this way. Uh, Shows we're considering adding to the network and what you think about them really matters to us. So to join the panel, is easy. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash listener panel. That's MaximumFun.org slash listener panel. Thanks for helping make MaxFun better.
3: So we are here with writer, editor, and disability advocate El- Elsa Shinnison, Henry, and we are so happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So we reach out to you because you are so you're, you're super knowledgeable about a lot of things in the book world and about um, disability in readers and how it affects them in particular. Can you recommend some great books and authors who have uh, disabled re- representation in their work?
4: I can. Well, I guess, first of all, I'm going to do a shameless plug, which is that I'm the guest editor of nonfiction for Disabled People Destroy Science Fiction, which will be coming out next year. Oh, cool. uh, We're going to be running a Kickstarter in the next month, so you should definitely look out for all of the personal essays from disabled writers who are talking about their experiences with with the uh, science fiction genre. But I definitely want to recommend Fran Wilde, who is a disabled writer who wrote the updraft and Bone Universe series. And they're great. And they have lots and lots of disabled characters. And people don't necessarily notice that at first because they're so well integrated. And then the other author I want to shout out is Michelle Baker and her Borderline Books.
1: Oh, I love that. I loved the first one. I haven't read any more of them, but I really loved the first book. Mallory
3: knows I love
4: that. So good.
3: How has being disabled affect you as both a writer and a
4: reader? So... Ever since I was a kid, um, it was really hard to find people like me in books. And when I say that, I don't just mean disabled people. I mean people with my exact disability. I've never seen a character in a book who had partial deafblindness in my life. So for me as a writer, I'm trying to create representation where I've never seen it before. And that in that case, it often means talking about blindness as being on a non-binary scale. There, there is no just, you're either blind or you're not. Um, and as an editor, that means that I look for stories that reflect a variety of disabled experiences. And as a reader, it means that I'm just craving more and more and more of it. Uh, is there any sort of specific
3: technology that you recommend for visually impaired readers?
4: So anybody who is legally blind, and that depends on state to state legislation, should look into... Um, the free ebooks program. It's Bookshelf, which is through the American Federation for the Blind. And you can basically find books that are available to you. Uh, there are lots of different resources, and some of these resources are for blind people only. So you'll be able to access things that use DAISY, which is one of the uh, visually impaired tools for accessing books. Um, and I also recommend just looking into getting a Kindle. That has been the way that I've been able to access books for the last five years. I can't read physical books anymore. And I know people have been skeptical about it for some, but for me, it's been a radical life-changing thing.
1: And what is it about the Kindle that makes it easier?
4: Uh, for one, um, I have it's sort of its own reading light source. So I don't, I don't have to adjust the light in the room around me. I just adjust the light on my Kindle. And two, I control the size and actual font on my book.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. Is there any sort of technology that you would like to see, you know, come out in the future to help visually impaired readers?
4: Um, I would say the one thing that I miss is being able to lend out books and also being able to keep my books. So I had, um, I had a Nook and uh, my Nook died and it seemed like the Kindle was going to, had better technology for me. So I switched over, but I lost my entire ebook library when I made the switch. Oh, no. And there's no way to get them back, and there's also no way to loan out books to my friends anymore because I can't take an ebook and hand it off. It doesn't work in the same way. So I hope that we find ways around piracy that don't restrict your ability to own your books.
3: Is there any changes in the publishing or like book world in general that you would like to see? that would better accommodate disabled readers in general?
4: Well, I said this on a panel last weekend at ReaderCon, and I'm saying it again, it's sort of my radical call to action, but it's, we need to dismantle ableism within the publishing system as a whole. I know that sounds like a really big thing, but the, the fact of the matter is, until disabled characters aren't the butts of jokes in books, until we see ourselves in narrative, until there's a way to feel like we're included in all kinds of fiction without being erased because of hand-waving. I think it's going to be harder for readers to really support the publishing world. So what I hope is that I see more inclusion and less, we don't need to have disabled people in the future because in the future we'll be able to fix it, or blind people are funny when they run into walls. Are
3: there any things that able-bodied allies can do to just help make this happen?
4: Um, Think about your language. I mean, I think that's something that I would say to any writer, but also to anybody who wants to support disabled people. Don't use the R word, but also don't use the word blind as a shorthand for somebody, somebody being ignorant about information. Within publishing, changing it from calling something blind submissions to calling it anonymous submissions or agnostic submissions would help a lot. Because when we subliminally connect blindness with ignorance, the assumption that a blind person doesn't know something is underlying in your mind, even if you don't actually think that. Yeah, words matter. Words are important. Absolutely.
3: So something that we love to ask all of our guests, what's a book that you love to suggest or to gift people the most? Like, what is your go-to gift
2: book?
4: Right now it's station eleven. I I I just started reading it and now I want to give it to everyone because it's the first time that I've seen Shakespeare and genre in the same place. And I grew up doing Shakespearean theater, so this is like everything for me.
3: Awesome.
1: What are you reading right now?
4: Um, right now I'm reading Spoonbenders by Daryl Gregory.
1: Oh, I've been wanting to read that. That's on my list. Me too. So- I'm currently
4: cracking up because the descriptions of AOL chat rooms in the 90s were pitch perfect. Oh, yeah, that's amazing.
3: <laughs> so, Elsa, you're you are a writer, you're a reader, you're an editor. Books are a big part of your life. Can you tell us a little bit about your reading habits?
4: So I read uh, during the day. I, I spend about an hour in the morning reading stuff that I'm commenting on for reviews or that I'm reading for blurbs or that people I know have written and I want to know more about their work. And then at night, when I go to bed, I spend about an hour to two hours in bed reading things that I just want to read. Um, During submissions periods for Fireside Fiction Company, where I work as as the managing editor, I tend to be reading a lot more submissions and short fiction. So my morning reading tends to go away.
3: Uh, So we had a, uh, a listener to the show write in who is visually impaired and has an issue trying to find new releases that are available on audio or available... You know, in a way that is accessible to him. Uh, do you have any tips for visually impaired readers that want to get more new releases?
4: Um, well, there. Are, I mean, again, Kindle is where I would go because most most eBooks, like most books that are newly released, have an eBook release at the same time. I've found that it's more difficult for me to find older books, but I would also say. If you're not getting the new releases that you want, contact the publishers and tell them that there's an audience. I think that's great. Let people know that you want it. That's great. Yeah.
3: So, Elsa, where can we find
4: you online? You can find me at snarkbat on Twitter, which is also where my Instagram is. Um, If you want to find my dog, she's mutt underscore julep. We do. (laughs) You know, I figure people want to know about the hound dog more than me. And uh, if you want to find my my writing, uh, you can follow me on a slash Elsa, where I update all of my most recent work.
3: Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Elsa. This is so, so important. We're so great. We're so glad that we can have you on here to you know, bring this conversation to reading glasses. We think it's really important. And we're thanking you so much for spending the time to educate us and educate our listeners.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Now we're going to solve a reader problem from one of our listeners. And this definitely goes along with the TBR problem, Mm -hmm. I feel like. Mm
1: -hmm. So Sarah said, I oftentimes feel pressure to read a certain amount of books per year to be considered a legitimate reader. Reader in quotes. I used to feel like I read quite a bit, usually totaling around 30 books a year. Maybe it's because because of Bookstagram or... Can't you hear me do those quotations? Bookstagram and the Goodreads annual reading goal. But I see so many people who read 50 plus books a year with no problems. It blows my mind. When I think back to reading as a kid, I never thought about how many books I was reading. I just read as much as I could and enjoyed every minute of it. And honestly, I was probably reading a lot more than I do now. I want to match up to all these other speedy readers out there. But my lofty reading goal can only turn one of my favorite pastimes into more of a chore. How do you get over the need to fill an arbitrary reading quota and get back to enjoying the adventure of reading a good book? From Sarah. Bria, what's your advice? Okay. So I recently read that it takes 10 seconds. I don't know where I read this, by the way, but I would say (laughs) we would link it. We are not going to link it, but I definitely read this or I heard it on a podcast. It takes 10 seconds of being on Instagram for a teenage girl's self-esteem to lower. Uh, Because she sees photos of other women and things that she thinks she should be doing or aspiring to. This was, like, specifically about teenage girls. But I totally believe that. Don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So this is your teenage girl self-esteem issue talking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think the problem is don't compare. Reading is for you. If you want to be in the conversation, go ahead And read the book that everyone else is reading. Read something that you see on Bookstagram so you can talk to people about it if that is what makes you feel good. But in that way, you can kind of take part of it and you don't have to compare yourself to the number of books someone else read. But if you don't want to be a part of that conversation, don't compare yourself. It doesn't matter how much they're reading. Social media does not show you that maybe these people are unemployed, like, Maybe one of your podcast hosts right now, Bria Grant. or
0: Or are infl- or afflicted with an intense insomnia, which is why she reads so many books a year, like your other podcast hosts. Right. We aren't showing that we're
1: like just trying to pull ourselves out of a hole by reading <laughs> a book. We're just showing you, hey, look at this book that I read today. Yeah. Um, maybe some other people read because that's their job. Literally, that's their job. Or maybe they're just putting books up there that they read a long time ago. I found that people will go through Goodreads and be like, oh, I read that and also give it a star. And I'm like, man, that person read like 15 books this week. But they're really just... They're reading yeah. books that they read a long time ago. You don't know ago. what the other side of the screen is like. Yeah. And also, how about this? Maybe set up a different goal for yourself. Um, think about like another kind of goal you want to read all the hugo book nominated books this year that's actually not that many you know they, the long books is like five or six books that's a right gr- yeah that's a great like, idea. like that's a really cool goal that you know you can if you are goal oriented which i am i'm very goal oriented and i like to have lists and to-do lists and check them off if you have one very simple goal like that um you want to read all the books that were turned into a movie this year or something like that just a simple goal that you can go through and do and you know you can achieve it on your own that way you can still have a goal but it's just with yourself
0: Yeah, I second that advice. I think setting a lower or a different reading goal for yourself, like one book a month or or all the Hugo-nominated books, that way you can easily surpass it and you feel like you've accomplished something. And then the rest of the reading you do that month feels
1: like a breeze because you're like, oh, I already accomplished my reading goals. This is all extra reading. Look how great I am at reading. I think as humans we're very designed to achieve, to want to see a goal and achieve that one thing. And the problem with social media is that all of it seems like everyone else is achieving so many goals that you haven't even set out for yourself. and You don't mm-hmm. even know what to do, and I think that that comparison problem can really get under your skin, even when it comes to fun stuff like reading.
0: Oh, absolutely! And also, speaking of Bookstagram and Goodreads and stuff, so if you're, you're you're on Instagram and you're or you're on Litzy and you're seeing all these people read stuff and you feel like you're not participating because you you've only read one book this month, remember the goal is. To read, not to get reading done. So, why don't you post a picture of yourself reading? Post a picture of the page that you're on. Because you are, just because you haven't finished a whole book doesn't mean you can't participate in all of this. You are still reading. You are totally part of this conversation. You're part of the community. So, you know, just because you're not posting a picture of a completed book doesn't mean that you're not a reader. If you want us to solve your reader problem, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Now it's time for this episode's Book Connection, a way to connect with other readers online. This episode's hashtag is ConquerTBR. If you've got a TBR stack or a method or some system of organization, we want to sh- see it and we want to hear about it. So you can tweet it at us or post it on Instagram and tag us at Reading Glasses
1: Podcast. Hashtag ConquerTBR. Remember that a half transcript, half outline for the show is available on the Maximum Fun blog. You can just go to MaximumFun.org, find reading glasses, and the entire show notes are after the jump for any of our hearing impaired fans. And if you
0: like the show, please rate and review it on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. It makes me and Bria really happy. It makes our day. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses. Thanks for listening and, and thanks,
2: thanks for, for reading.
0: reading.
2: Maximumfun.org.
4: Comedy and culture.